deadline delirium. As the playoffs inch closer, margins between teams shrink. And while some teams are going all in for the hog, others are all too happy to look forward to next year. Can anyone catch the Ong Express before it gets up to speed? Or are Colin and Zach bringing roller skates to a wagon race? And for the love of God, when is Chuck's first pick in next year's draft? There's only one way to find out. This is Don't Fear the Keeper. And we are back. As you just heard me say, this is Don't Fear the Keeper, and I am Diesel, uh, joined in his full Dr. Garb today uh, by the commish. Chuck, how we doing? Yeah, some teams lost last week, some teams won. It doesn't really matter because the sun will swallow the earth eventually. So, I mean, none of this even matters. You got a great point about the sun and the earth there. Uh, pretty irrefutable, actually, on... Uh, on that uh, front. This is also now I just for posterity want to note the second episode of the year where Chuck has been mind numbingly depressed because of the Browns at time of recording. This is the most devastating sports news I've gotten as a fan since the decision. (laughs) Wow. You're putting it up. Deshaun taking his talents to the operating room is, is right up there. It's the most devastating news since of the decision. I mean, there's, to me, there's not even like a anything else in that. I wasn't I wasn't alive when the Browns were announced. They were, or I guess I was technically born, but like I wasn't a fan right. of the Browns yet yeah. when they left for Baltimore. So that, that that would be up yeah. there. Like, to, like in my, I was thinking about this. Like to me, the Browns have always been a team because by the time they were back, I was like four or five years old. It's like I always only remember yeah. the Browns being a team. But yes, yeah, so I wasn't there for that. But I like actually this, nothing like Kyrie and Kevin Love getting hurt. Nothing. The Guardians blowing the World Series or the Indians blowing the World Series. Like not even in the same ballpark for me than what happened today. I actually I agree with you. I remember when I learned when because like I feel like when they always would talk about the Browns leaving and coming back, I was like. I don't know. Like I was assuming it was like back in like the real old days, like like leatherhead football, and then like to find out that it was like within our lifetimes, it was like, oh wow, that's, yeah. that's actually pretty fucking wild. And you know how big of a deal it was because I've I, I always point to this: the day that the decision was made, like the day that night, the, the interview was at like seven o'clock or nine o'clock, whatever it was. Like yeah. that night, all the airways and like Twitter was just becoming like a thing people used at the time. Um, was very new at the time. People came out and said, "Like who? Like what is the like who is the biggest trader in Cleveland sports history?" Art Modell versus LeBron James won the poll ninety percent to ten percent. Like wasn't even close. That was that, that was That's, the day I mean, of the decision. The Browns were back. Yeah. They they've been back for over a decade. They have been that, back for yeah a while at that point. Yeah, I. uh I mean, yeah, I, it obviously makes sense. Like, LeBron just left. And, like, also, like, there was a, a, a part of, I'm sure, every, like, Cavs fan that was sort of like, okay. Like, you know, he, he tried for a good look. Like, he, it's not like he just completely abandoned everything, like, that quickly. Like, I, I think that there was, after the emotion settled, a little bit of, like, all right, fuck this guy. But, like, you know, the Cavs still exist. Also, um, also we did... 
the second LeBron left, we went into full, like, all right, so in four years, how do we get LeBron back? That did become the only topic of conversation around the Cavs. So. Right. And you know what? It worked. It did. They got the top draft pick, drafted Kyrie Irving, and then here we are. Um, okay. Well, uh, now that we've gotten into some depressing Browns history, um, we can we can move forward. We are uh, certainly going to talk about, yeah, the, the news of today. We're recording this on Wednesday. Um, the news of today will be discussed, uh, and we will uh, get a little bit more in-depth into the, the trades of yesterday, or... Yeah, it was yesterday, right? Not Monday? It was yesterday. I'm losing track of my days. Yeah. Okay, good. I don't know. Been a long few days. By the way, dr- um, driving home, if I didn't have adaptive cruise on my car, I would have rear-ended somebody <laughs> going about 65 miles an hour, so several times on the freeway. Because you were negotiating or because you were processing these trades? Both. Okay. All right. Well, well not was, actually. I was negotiating with Scott processing the Scott Collin trade, processing the Mike Gary trade in the group chat, talking about it, like a lot was right. going on. And I was going, and I was going 75 miles an hour in rush hour traffic. Zach has never been more proud of you than he is at this very moment. Listening to this. If, if you had a beer cracked while you were doing it, perfection. Um, uh, so we are going to get into that, but I just, in a more uh, big picture sense, I wanted to discuss the fact that I think when we all voted in trading draft picks as a concept, I think what we all imagined was this, like this, like frenzy last week before like the trade deadline, like everyone is just moving. Essentially half the teams are like giving up players for picks. Half the teams are going all in like complete anarchy. And it was ex- as exciting as I had would have hoped. One one point of business. I don't know if es if I have a trade deadline actually inputted into, um, the league or what it what it actually is. I will process trades um, until midnight Friday morning after Thanksgiving. So the trade deadline is eleven fifty nine Thanksgiving night. I will process trades or put okay. or manually put trades through if I have to, if it expired before then, until that time. So that that is the official cutoff. Uh, I'm going to take a look to see, because I know I've definitely seen it before. The trade deadline, no, it actually, I think you might be right. It is 12 a.m. on 11-24. What day is Thanksgiving? 23rd, I think. Okay, yeah. No, it, it is that exact day. Okay. So that's when I, yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought. It, so it overlaps. So technically there's a week, I guess, but uh, again, I think this is easily the most interesting trade deadline that we've ever had because there was actual movement. Um, It was like an NBA trade deadline. Yeah, it was actually, it was very anti-NFL trade deadline where nothing happens generally. It was NBA, MLB, like, oh shit, a contender just got made. It it, It is funny, like the NBA trade deadline, like monumental things happen. We've seen... 12-player, three-team trade. You've seen superstars move. Mm-hmm. The NFL trade that comes around, like a couple backup quarterbacks get traded, and we're like, holy yeah. shit, here we go. Oh, man. Yeah, we're all sitting there legitimately going, like, Jacoby Brissett didn't get moved. What yeah. the fuck are they doing? I know. Um, I, uh, yeah, no, I, and I feel like, because last year was the most interesting NFL trade deadline in recent memory because like McCaffrey got moved and it was like was that a deadline was, was that a like, deadline move or was that a few weeks before the, the deadline? 
Uh, I think it might have been a week before the deadline. It wasn't like at the eleventh hour. You also, but... for, you also forget. Um, uh, NFL trade deadline is relatively early in the season. It is. No team is like fully out of it or like completely locked up yet. Look, unfortunately, as much as I like to shit on baseball, I think the baseball trade deadline is literally at the perfect spot in the season for right at the end it of is. July. Like, yeah. it couldn't because like then you get the late season call. Like, it's the perfect spot. The NBA one is probably in a good spot too, but like, you kind of know who the teams are. Like, MLB, like, it's just in a good spot there. It is. It's also, I think, just a they benefit from the larger roster size that, like, essentially, if you're going to make the play, really regardless, actually, you, it's like you look at a GM like they're insane if they don't make some kind of move, sell, like, buy something. There's just, there's no excuse for not at least making one move at the trade deadline. That's there's true. no way you can't improve people are People are legitimately mad if you, they're, I was most excited if you're a buyer. They're like excited if you're a seller because you're like, all right, well, we have all these young guys we're going to see now. They yeah, legitimately only get picks, mad yeah. if you if you make zero moves. At the MLB yeah. trade. If you line. do nothing and just say we're fine, that that is when you start to lose fans. Um, and then from a from a fantasy perspective, this past week, uh, the playoff picture continues to just get weirder. Um, nine out of twelve teams are in it. Essentially, only Alex, Kyle, and I are fully out of it. You could probably make an argument that Brian's not getting in there, but weirder things have happened. Yeah, so it's funny. So you have, um, it actually is so because because ESPN will do the playoff percentage thing. Yes, and it's like you have, um, me, Mike, Ben, and Zach all with over an eighty percent chance. Mike with actually a ninety nine percent chance to make the playoffs now. Then you have a drop off, and you have like Gary's at seventy one, Collins at sixty eight at five hundred. And Paul at six and four only has a twenty four percent chance of making the playoffs, and Scott just over a coin flip there, and then you have just a huge drop off. So Scott, so you have Paul twenty four, which is just kind of funny. He's six and four. Then you have that you said the th- the trio of Alex at two percent, Kyle at one percent, and John actually at zero percent. So I think you've been mathematically eliminated. That's, that's that's what that means. Yes, I did. Uh... I knew it coming into the week that essentially if I lost or Paul won, and both which it turned th- out that I lost. Yeah, and both those things happened. That is true. Um, yeah, I, I would move out. Uh, Kyle is technically still alive by virtue of winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, uh, yeah, that, that legally keeps him alive. But so he, so um, he, has to, he has to run the table and get in at six and eight. Got to be a Pittsburgh, a Pittsburgh Steeler situation here. And he has to make points. He can no longer win outright. Uh, Kyle cannot, but he can uh, tie and get in somehow on on a tiebreaker. Um, and that's essentially it. Literally, I think the it's really a shame because ESPN added this whole standings glossary thing, which is kind of nice because like it makes it feel more like the actual NFL playoffs where you have like the X, Y, whatever. Uh, I now have an E next to my name because I've been eliminated. Um, this is the one year where it's really not going to be that useful because it's going to come down to the last week. There's really no way that it's not. Um, even seeding-wise, there's just no way that the last week will not be meaningful for everyone. Yeah. So Besides me and Kyle and so, Alex. So, so, so good job, Norwich Football League. 
Yeah, a lot of parody besides the bottom three. Who made those rules? Um, Who made those rules again? Oh, wait, that's right. <laughs> those bylaws. We can give you that, Chuck. You've had a tough day. We'll give you that. Um. Uh. So, yeah, that's essentially, uh, unless you had any other thoughts. We're not going to, Chuck and I are trying to knock this out uh, in under two hours this time, so we're not going to touch the actual, the fake NFL. I'm signing off at 60 minutes of podcasting, so... That's fair. Uh, we may, given what we have booked, uh, we we may not even hit that, which I would be completely okay with. Um, we've been over the past few weeks. It's time to go under. Um, Next week, too, we'll record, and I'll be on an easier schedule rotation. When we'll have Thanksgiving. Will probably be a day off for me. I'm assuming it will be maybe even Friday too. We, we might do a three hour episode next week, just gearing up for it. Yeah, if we. Honestly, if we do it on Friday, despite the fact that obviously the the Thursday games would have already happened, um, I could legitimately do it the entire day. Gab is working, and I do not have. I'm off, so I could I could legitimately record a twelve hour <laughs> live stream episode. Um, and maybe we will. Paul actually gave us a good idea that we will keep under wraps, um, but couldn't do it this week. Um, okay. Well, Chuck, with that being said, uh, we're going to move into our first segment, which is a repeat segment, which uh, you'll all know as what goes around. Chuck, you just sent a message in the group group chat. I kind of love that. Um, Okay, so uh, everyone will recall uh, from the first time we did this uh, after the... uh, it was after the Nick Chubb injury, but it wasn't because of that. Uh, we did a, a segment where I'm going to put uh, seven minutes and 28 seconds on the clock, which is the exact length of time that the song What Goes Around Comes Around uh, takes to expire. And um, we're going to just talk about the Browns, um, specifically in the wake of Deshaun's injury and the news that he will be out for the remainder of the season. Uh, we're going to go through this. This time, I'm going to participate. This is not going to be a um, another seven and a half minutes of Charlie depressingly talking <laughs> about the Browns. Cause that wasn't, um, it wasn't the, the level of fire that I was anticipating. So I, I'm going to participate this time. But with that being said, Chuck, um, I will, uh, hold on, let me, let me get the timer set here for the exact, it's actually really nice that Apple a while ago changed their, uh, timer so you can do it like you can set a specific timer for like seven minutes and 28 seconds rather than just having to set a stopwatch um but chuck i'm gonna hit go in a second and i understand that you have some prepared remarks so we can let you do those um but we can go now yeah i mean this this is heartbreaking this is about as heartbreaking as it gets like i said um you know, it's it's tragic. This is this is some of the most tragic sports news that I've ever got. Um, I said this today when I was talking to my dad about it. Not that it makes it any better, but like we saw Nick Chubb's knee get exploded. Like not that there's right. any solace in that, but like this this literally seemingly came like it was divine intervention from the clouds. Like we we literally on the airwaves have spent the last two days. Not only discussing the great win in Baltimore, but like talking about the Browns as a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And like with Deshaun Watson playing, if he plays that well as he did the second half there and continues on that trajectory, like 
the Browns are capable of beating any team, especially with that defense, like, can go into tough places to play and win defense travels. Like, they were just seemingly firing on all cylinders. And it really is just, like I said, like, just absolutely heartbreaking. Like I said, I, I think I became physically ill when I saw that notification come across the uh, come across the screen there. Um, where do they go from here? I think starting DTR is probably the right call. But definitely the right call because you know PJ Walker stinks. And you don't necessarily know if DTR stinks yet. He got roughed he, up. He's in, a known quantity. He got roughed up in Baltimore in a week that he really didn't practice with the first team a lot because that was the first time that Sean was like basically two hours before the game learned that he was starting and really hadn't prepared for it. And so that was his first thing. So, you know, you have to assume he'll get better. I said this a few weeks ago when Deshaun was hurt and like they, they were, they'd beaten San Francisco. They had beaten um, Indianapolis. Like if the Browns can just get serviceable quarterback play, like they'll be able to win a lot of games and they'll be able to to, to make a run in the playoffs. What that means exactly how far they can go. I don't know. Um, and you have to hope that with more preparation and a full week of practice, the DTR can get you, <coughs> sorry, hopefully a uh, serviceable quarterback play. What I would like to see the Browns do is we threw out like, oh, they should go sign Tom Brady. I would like to see them sign some sort of veteran quarterback, whether it's Tom Brady would obviously be, I think probably everybody, everybody's first choice. And that would be really cool. But like, if it was Matt Ryan, even if it was Colt McCoy or Nick Foles or Joe Flacco or Trevor Sibian, just even if you don't know, have no intention of that guy putting his cleats on the field, just a veteran that's been in the league for a long time that can stand next to DTR and help him work through stuff, help him prepare. Like I think that's what I'd like to see them do. If they if their big move is they bring Kellen Mond back, I'm gonna shoot myself. So that's kind of where we're at with them. Looking at sort of the numbers, um, if you get the 10 wins, you're probably in the playoffs. So they have to go 500 the rest of the way. There's probably four winnable games on the schedule. I mean, I think they can beat Pittsburgh with serviceable quarterback play this week. It's a home game. They've got games against Denver still, who isn't as bad as they appeared early in the season. Um, yeah. You know, they've got the Jets still. They've got the Bears still. Um, you know, they've, they they have games against Houston, which will be tougher games now. They have a game against Jacksonville at home. You know, they have to play in Cincinnati. They've played the Bengals pretty well consistently. So it's like they're, they're, there's hopefully four wins there. I mean, that gets you into the playoffs. And then, like you said, their defense will travel. Their defense is playing, is back to playing at a really high level. Um, the offensive line is playing better despite the injuries. The running game is coming around. So it's like if they can just get middle-of-the-road serviceable quarterback play. We've seen teams go farther before. I mean, the, the Browns don't have the weapons that San Francisco did, but if DTR gives you 80% or 75% of what Brock Purdy was last year, I mean, that's a pretty good season to have. So that's what we're hoping for. And fortunately, it seems like Deshaun expects to make a full recovery, and hopefully he'll be back and playing well next year. But that's really all I have on on that front. 
Yeah, no, and I think, first of all, I just wanted to note that uh, Charlie put a note in the Google Doc when I said that we were going to yeah, do this. Yeah, after, after I did that, I was literally going to say this sucks and stop talking. I added some more things in my head before, after I did that, but yeah. Really? He put in a note that said, just an FYI, I have 30 seconds of things to say on this and not a second more. You spoke for uh, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so true to form, Charlie. Um, I think that if you're Andrew Barry, you have to hope and pray that DTR, um, it might not be this week, but shows you something that is a, approximately a replacement level backup quarterback. Because I think if he comes out and plays like a rookie, because like you know he's gonna struggle at times. There's really no way around that. Um, if he does not uh, show you something that is like pretty solid, I think that he's going to come under some fire for this whole, you know, letting a because again, was Josh Dobbs expected to be like a really like good quarterback in a replacement situation? No, but he was a veteran. Like you're not going to see him get as spooked as a rookie. Would. And, and that is one thing that's people have been hammering the Josh Dobbs point that they had him and they basically gave him away. Um, Josh Dobbs is a he'll probably get a, whatever Jacoby Brissett's contract was this year like he'll probably get that contract from somebody next year like bring him in to be a really solid backup and hopefully help a rookie or a younger quarterback yeah do well. it'll be a young quarterback yeah. um, Josh Dobbs is only playing because like the Cardinals were, were going to just bench him and Kyle Murray was coming back. He's only on the Vikings because Kirk Cousins got hurt the week of the got trade yeah. the trade deadline. Like he also wouldn't be in Minnesota. Like and so yes, he's played well. He might have gotten cut actually. Yeah, like Still, but he'd be a backup somewhere and not playing. Like Um So it's like, yeah, he has he has hindsight being twenty twenty, would you like to have a caliber that performance on your team? Absolutely. Can DTR get you that? You have to hope that he can. But I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I, I'm not going to turn to Andrew Barry and be like, "You screwed this up when you traded away Josh Dobbs." We said the whole time. Like, if Deshaun Watson gets hurt or is out for a severe time, you're in survival mode no matter who is back there. That's true. Uh, however, again, I just point to the fact of this is a rookie who, like, yeah, in in an ideal situation, he never touches the field in a meaningful. Also, that's the timer. Yeah. Um, so we did fill that up much quick, quicker. Um, but yeah, no, I think it, whenever you're looking at a rookie versus a veteran, it is uh, you, you leave yourself a lot more exposed to this situation when you decide on the rookie. Obviously, the upside's way higher. Like you might wind up with a really good uh, backup who could play in a year or two. But yeah, if you have to throw him in now, you're seeing him with the Giants and Tommy DeVito. Mm -hmm. Like that clearly wasn't their plan. But it's fucking ugly now that he's out there. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to look at like, hey, why did we... <laughs> this is great in theory, but guys, why did we not sign an actual veteran backup quarterback who could, you know, do this? It's And to, just to end on this point, bar, with the rare exception of a couple teams, that's basically how everybody structures their quarterback room now. You have your starter... The backup is either a rookie or a young guy or, like, an old, old veteran who knows he's a backup quarterback at this point. Like, the, 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 nobody's – back, back in the day, it was different, but, like, nobody's quarterback room is stocked to where they are attempting to maintain the same caliber of play from their backup as 
they were going to get from their starter. Like, it's just not how it's done. So it's oh, like, no. like, yeah, hindsight being everything, you can look back and say, oh, it'd be nice to have Josh Dobbs or so, so, a veteran. It's like, yeah, obviously, but that's just not how it's done. Whether that's a mistake, I don't know. But yeah, that's where we are. I mean, there are teams that do that. You look at, obviously, a lot of them are young quarterbacks, but like, the Giants did it with Daniel Jones. They were like, this guy could go down at any minute, so they signed Tyrod Taylor. Who, who who's, a, who, who's, a, his ribs. Who, who's a backup quarterback? Like that's that he's just a veteran. Yeah, he is. He is a backup quarterback. Yeah, he's but he's a veteran backup quarterback. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You're gonna get fewer of these like deer in the headlights moments with a guy who's done this a few times than and like and I'll, and I'll say, like, who is the Ravens backup quarterback? Is it still Tyler Holland? Does anybody Probably. know who it is? Tyler Huntley is it <laughs> probably who, still who is the Chiefs backup quarterback Ooh, who was the Bengals back? Trace McSorley actually who was the Bengals backup quarterback like no team has a notable backup on their roster who's the Chargers that's backup? not notable but who's it's... The, or, or a service does anybody know that if the Chiefs have a serviceable backup quarterback like I don't but here's yeah. the thing if Mahomes goes down we find out very quickly mm. That's my point. You hope you never have to use them, but you get exposed pretty goddamn quickly. And my thing is that if that happens, are people going to be young at Andy Reid and the Chiefs GM for not having a more stout quarterback room? Like, is that is that where the if conversation? He traded away Josh Dobbs. He probably would. Josh Dobbs was not a. We'd seen Josh if Dobbs. If you had play. the veteran, we we had seen Josh Dobbs play. Like Scott made a good point. Josh Dobbs has been available for the last five years. Like he's been out there. No, I agree. He's gotten chances to it's play, not- and he's still been available. Like he's playing ten times better this year than he's ever showed even a potential of being able to play in years past. I'm not saying that they should have kept him because they thought he would turn into what he has turned into. That's unreasonable. I'm saying that whenever you pick the rookie over the veteran, this is a predictable outcome. That if you have to throw the rookie in there, it starts to go poorly. Who knows? Maybe we have Gardner Minshew on the roster. Oh, like the se- like not actually Gardner Minshew, like the second coming the, of Gardner the, Minshew. Yeah, the Jaguars. Dick Foles was their starter, and he got hurt, and Gardner Minshew came in. And it was like, oh, Gardner Minshew's pretty good. And now he's got the preferred walk-on spot everywhere. All right. I actually had a bunch of stuff prepped, Charlie, because I thought I thought you were going to hold your word and I was going to have to fill seven minutes of airtime. Glad I didn't have to use it. Um, I am curious, uh, though, if you would have answered any questions uh, because you said you wouldn't, and I'm curious if you wouldn't have. I said I, I, said I, would, I, I said I would not guarantee that I would answer a question. No? Oh, well. Uh, all right. Well, now let's move on from that. That was a lot less uh, hostile than I was anticipating it being after Charlie made several threats on my person throughout the day today. Oh, I'm serious about that, too. When you when you if we were in the, like, living both in Columbus or the same city, I would have driven uh-huh. to your house and, and punched you in the face. It's a very rational response. I would um, I would I would have. Um, who did that? Um uh, um, Derek Fisher. Derek, no, it was um. Somebody drove to it Derek wasn't, Fisher. It was at Derek Fisher. It was yeah. um, Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes. I mean, I would have Matt Barnes too. Yeah, that's um, 
unnecessary. Uh, again, my point is, I think your frustration should be not at me, but at I just don't think that uh, the position that Matt Barry kind of. Uh, put everyone in both with the fact that it's Deshaun Watson and therefore, you know, you're paying him a lot of fucking money to not play football. Um, And then, yeah, not having uh, or trading away a veteran in favor of a rookie has, has left you guys more vulnerable than you should have been Um, here. Oh, actually Chuck, I want to ask you one question. Uh, Knowing what you know now, and you obviously you're under no obligation to answer knowing what you know now, like essentially two lost years to Sean Watson wise and like hit or miss in between. Do you still make the trade? Cause uh, presumably you have three more years of him. Like you said, he did look good in the second half. Do you make the trade or do you ho- try something else? I don't remember if anybody else was available at the time or what other options were out there, but I have always said this. You still make the trade because you had the opp- an opportunity to get the guy and a guy that even if it's only three years instead of five years, you still think is the guy. Like, you know you didn't have him. Like, despite what you want, like, Baker wasn't it. Like, that, they were not going to reach their pinnacle with Baker Mayfield. Or they had, they'd probably already reached the pinnacle where Baker Mayfield could take them. So you, so you make the move because you have an opportunity to get someone who you think is the guy. And so, yeah, I mean, you still make the trade. Um, and you, like I said, now we're, we're in a position of if, if it totally blows up, we never takes the field again, then obviously hindsight, you would say, all right, well, we got, you didn't, you didn't accomplish anything, but, uh, so you don't make the trade, but if they're in several years championships over the next three or four years, or they win a Super Bowl, no one's going to even remember what started the tenure. Well, <laughs> let's not go that far. Because what started the tenure is very... The context around Deshaun Watson is very important outside of football. Um, because that you, you are... Not, this not is in, not just not having in, an expensive Not in Cleveland and not if you win. So, I mean... To be clear, that is not the opinion of most Browns fans that I'm aware it's, of. It's um, and the, it's the, the winning part, I agree with you. It's, it's when, you're, when you're in the airwaves and you're actually amongst the people oh, sure, the it is it is very much the opinion of the majority of browns fans that's a neurotic opinion the, the seven um, or the seven or eight that you talk to that don't live in cleveland like maybe it's not their opinion but that's the opinion of the vast majority of people here uh, that doesn't make me feel good at all mike, mike, um, and mike florio is not a cleveland browns fan so his opinion does not count I wasn't including Florey. I was including more anecdotal stuff. Um, no. I, he, what, okay. So you listed two options, which is never takes the field again and several AFC championships. What about the middle ground? He continues to play like what we've seen for the past two years. I mean, it's, it's like, if, if that, then it's like, yeah, probably not. But like, were they going to be in a much better spot? My, my point. After quarterback, my, would be. They would not have been. They, they would not have ever been in a position to. You you would have had to make the same caliber of trade to move up far enough to get a quarterback, yeah. and then you're you're, and you're, quarterback. And you're and you're rolling the dice there. Like, I guess on a rookie deal. The the 
the, the money is not the issue. It's a little bit of the issue. Every top quarterback makes that amount of money. It's the, the yeah, and make, a lot of them make play what you like want. top quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm saying that's that's what you think you're getting. Like you're not you're you're rolling the dice versus not having the guy rolling the dice on a rookie that could be the guy or getting a guy that you, like it's it's you're splitting hairs on like what's a better move in the long run. The Browns have drafted a lot of quarterbacks, and none of them have worked out. A lot of teams have drafted a lot of quarterbacks no, that's true. in the top five, and none of them have worked out. Like no, you're it's a coin flip, it is. Yeah, and you're it's a coin flip when you and, draft. And, 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 and you, I mean, you, what you basically are asking is, if you, if you flip the coin and call heads and it comes up tails, well, you should have called tails. Well, obviously, but they, like, you know, it's a ridiculous question. I mean, it's not a ridiculous question. It's not. All right, whatever. We'll move on. Um. Okay, we're gonna move on to our next segment, which is uh, which I'm calling "We Were Made to Grade Trades." Trademark on that pussy. Trademark get my brand new bitch. Yeah, duh. Hold up, blood. Hold up, cuz. Hold up, sis. Hold up. LLC the gut and I LLC my bitch. Cash need the rock. I go crazy on my. Um, and this is just pretty straightforward. We're not gonna go too deep into trade talk. Obviously, there was a lot that happened yesterday. Um. But I figured we at least should um, grade everything that, that came out of this because obviously there was a lot that happened. And um, I do think we should grade it for both sides. Obviously, there was some some things that we hadn't seen before, uh, specifically out of Scott and Gary in selling despite being in a good position to make the playoffs. I, I think that warrants a little bit more analysis. Um, so we, I do want to grade it. Uh, on both sides of the trade. Um, and we can go in chronological order here, which I tried to... Honestly, this is the first time that I was like, all right, I'm going to try to like accumulate all of the information, but I might have missed something. So feel free to jump in. But we can go in chronological order, starting with Mike and Gary, which this one to me was kind of the bombshell. Uh, because obviously Garrison is in first place in the division. Um and he traded away his best player to the best team right now. He traded Tyree Kill and a fourth to Mike for Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, and a first. Um, Chuck, thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was clearly a... I think on paper, the trade actually looks better for Gary than I think it will work out for in the long run this season. Um, obviously, the first-round pick would be great for next year. But you, you gave away Tyree Kill, who seems to be a plug-and-play 20 points on an off-week type of player. And you've gotten, and you're getting Joe Burrow, who, like I said, I never thought quarterbacks were the difference maker in fantasy. Um, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who has had good stretches, you know, recently, but also has thrown up clunkers. And so the inconsistency there, I think, is going to hurt Gary. If he ever, he's not trying to make a run, so he's going to be in a playoff team. But it's like it's like really all the benefit for this year is towards Mike and Gary's. It's kind of a wash for him. Like he'll be okay, probably make the playoffs because of the division he's in. But um, like I wouldn't argue that. Like Garrison took himself out of the running to try to win this year. And is go. It is now in a good spot yeah. 
to to do to do really well next year. That's basically the point that I'm trying to get. No, I think that that makes sense. I think the most fascinating part of this whole thing to me is that, like, looking at it as we have looked at it, it a trade with Mike was theoretically very difficult, unless it was Mike sending out someone for a pickback, because there were very few players who were genuinely better than any of the players at Mike's position. One of the only ones was tight end. Mike made that trade. So that one done, it was like, okay, Mike's not going to move anybody else because what he's going to trade for another running back? Like, what's that going to do? What's that going to do for him? He, it might not be better. It could, it, at, any, at best, it's a lateral move. Tyree Kill was one of the few players that that actually was true of. Um, so the fact that he was able to actually get him is crazy. Um, I also, to your point about quarterbacks, this is one of the few years that I think that that adage has kind of flipped a little bit, um, both because of the behavior of certain members of the league, specifically Mike, holding on to three startable quarterbacks, and the fact that we're in a 12-person league, and the fact that so many quarterbacks have gone down. So, like, those combining factors, I think that it's pretty reasonable to be like, okay, I need someone who's usable. I mean, like... Look at like where the quarterbacks that are being started. There's there's some haves and have nots. I am starting Josh Dobbs and I'm thrilled. You 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 don't count. That's we're at. You don't count any roster decisions here. You, you your your score does not count for or against any point. But I have the well, my score doesn't. But I have the first overall waiver priority and have had it for many many weeks now, and I've landed on Josh Dobbs. That's where we're at. In terms, usually the the general thought was like, if your guy goes down, there's three people who are probably going to do just as well as him on waivers. That's just not the case this year. Like you look at the waivers right now, the top quarterbacks available are Will Levis, Matt Stafford, who maybe, I don't know, and Zach Wilson. That's where we're at. So for Gary to go like, okay, I would like Joe Burrow, especially since Mike has two other useful quarterbacks. I think that that makes sense. And then, yeah, Hopkins, I think, is more of just a, like, you can technically start him. He's essentially turned into better Gabe Davis, where it's like, he's going to be better, but, like, it's still, it could be absolutely all or absolutely nothing in any, any given week. Um, what I'll do for each trade is, how does this blow up in the proverbial winner of the trade's face? I'll do this for all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so the three playoff weeks are week 15, 16, and 17. Um, the Dolphins play the Jets in week 15. Um, Mike's probably a bye team. So, right. not a relevant week. Week 16 and 17, they play Dallas and Baltimore. And as we discussed, Dolphins is frauds. They do tend to be. The one fraud-proof person would be Tyreek, but you also can't rule out a weird thing like at the end of last year where Tua somehow winds up getting hurt again. And he's catching passes from God knows who. And so looking at their their fraud games or games where they played good defenses, um, it was week two New England before New England collapsed as a franchise. 15 points. Very serviceable, respectable week. Week four in Buffalo, 10 points. And then um, Mm -hmm. last week or week nine in Kansas City, 12 and a half points. The one um, sort of outlier or... Credible, but was when they played Philly, he did have 26 points. Um, and especially the championship in Baltimore. Baltimore has a really good defense. Like, 
say what you want about anything else. They've got a gr- they probably have a top three defense in the league. And so, um, I actually think that might be the top three defenses in the league are New York, Dallas, and Baltimore. I the, Dallas has, the, has uh, come uh, and gone the, at times. The, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I might take the Browns over Dallas at this point just because they're a little hurt and have had down games. The Browns' defense is currently playing them into a playoff spot. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that that could be tough. Um, also, here's and, the and issue, you said, though. And you said the quarterback situation is a always going to be a, a a question with Tua. If he, He's got to stay healthy for them to reach their potential. So that's how it blows up. I would bet that it doesn't blow up in Mike's face um, mm-hmm. and that Tyreek Kill even against the good teams will have a bare minimum serviceable games for him is like 15 points. Um, but yeah, so that, that's where it could go wrong. I'm not expecting him to, but I guess I'll do that. With, I'll do that with every trade. That's fair. Um, yeah, no, but Mike definitely comes out the winner. I think that this is, I think that this is an A trade for Mike. He obviously, he gets another piece that is actually truly usable to him, which is shocking, but also getting Gary's fourth back. I don't know if that was a keeper rights thing or whatever, but that helps like having an extra, you know, first four round, a, a day one pick, if you will, or day two pick um, helps. It kind of takes uh, the edge off of losing that first. Cause you do, I mean, you're drafting players in the fourth round that could presumably actually turn out to be very good. Those are definitive starters. Fourth round picks are definitively yeah. guys that you are planning on starting the entire season on your team. Exactly. Those are not lottery tickets. So I think that that really takes the sting off. Um, I think this is a, I, I honestly, I think this is like a B plus move out of Gary. Cause I do I, think yeah, that it's so, smart so, so, that I, 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 I give said. it, I give it a B just because he took himself out of it this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like for the, He'll be fine. He'll be serviceable at the very minimum this year, and he's got a first round, another first round pick next year. And he's gonna make the playoffs. I think that's the like he's in all likelihood in the playoffs. And like with at, the extra at first worst, round pick. with already having six wins, like at worst, if everything blows up, he's probably a petite final team. Yeah, he's not getting bumped all the way to losers bracket, which most people. Th- Kyle and I both have to withstand the losers bracket as a penance for getting our extra first. Yeah. Garrison's not gonna have to do that, so I think that puts him at a B plus at a minimum in my head. Um, okay, next up we're gonna look at Colin and Scott. Um, so Colin received Laporta, Scott's ninth and eleventh round picks, and Scott received uh, Chig, and then Colin's fourth and then eleventh for the uh, the pick swap so that he could keep Laporta's rights. Um, this was always going to happen. Someone was going to get Laporta from Scott, or I guess Hawkinson, whoever he decided he 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 didn't want to keep. Um, I honestly don't. Was uh was Chig only thrown in here as a like? Was, I'm gonna cut him anyway. It was it was literally you have to submit a player right. to get a trade to go through in the ESPN program. That's what that's what that's what Chig was in there for. Um, I was going to say, yeah, because this obviously isn't like Scott. I, I don't know if Hawkinson still has a buy coming up, but Scott's clearly not planning on using him. No, I think it's a like a B trade for both teams. Like Scott got yeah. a four, Scott got a fourth out of it. Um, 
So like, that's good for next year. Well, Porter's a really good tight end. I think he's tight end two or three right now. Tight end four. Tight end four. Um, and the Lions look really good. They've been an up and down team as well at certain points in the year. Um, like they said, they can they can win, and he can only have a few catches and targets. So I mean, he's not a. It's not it's not Tyree Kale where you're like plug this guy in. He's giving you at least fifteen. No, yeah. And so Kong gets definitely gets better at the position, but like I wouldn't say Laporta is now the difference maker like Mike getting Tyreek Hill is. Like I'm not No. I wouldn't say I'm more afraid of Collins' team now that he has Sam Laporta. That being said, now that I just said that statement, I'm probably gonna lose to Collins at a critical time because Sam Laporta drops forty on me, but in all likelihood that's yes. a future Charlie problem. So I think it's a B um, for, I think it's a B for both teams. I definitely I so I like this a lot more for Colin than I do for Scott. I mean, he does keep the rights, which are useful because you know he's a young guy. Tight ends generally get better in like year two, three. So there's a chance that he turns into like a real world beater. Um, so having those keeper rights could be very useful. But only getting a fourth, I don't think is like tight end is a valuable position, and Scott had was the only person who had multiple good tight ends. Yeah. So to not leverage that into a higher pick, like at least like a second or something like that, to me didn't feel like enough. I mean, sending back a ninth, whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I feel like this is like a, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll keep it at an average of a B like you had it. I'll call this a, uh, a B plus for Colin and a, uh, a B minus for Scott. You had a thought, also. No, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was just nodding that I agree, but then I realized that we're on a podcast, and that means nothing to anybody listening. <laughs> that does. That does. It actually is kind of interesting because we have the video component, uh, and like I'll, as I'm editing, listen back through to it, and I'll realize that there are times where I'm laughing at you making like some sort of dejected facial like, like motion, and. That will not carry over whatsoever. It just sounds like I'm laughing at my own joke, which is something I do, but not always what's happening, I suppose. Um, okay, and then the last one here, Chuck, which involves you, so I'm gonna we can chalk up an A plus for you. Uh, but you receive AJ Brown, Zach Moss, Nico Collins, a sixth and a tenth from Scott. Uh, the 10th being a pick swap. Uh, Scott receives Garrett Wilson, Amari Cooper, Derrick Henry, and you're second, and obviously the, the swap to 10th. Um, so this is an interesting one, actually, because it's uh, obviously with the news today, you getting rid of Amari Cooper for like a, a net positive is huge. Like that's that's very big. Um, but it is a... Uh, this feels like a very even trade, even just looking at just the players. I think both teams got better from this trade, honestly. Um, I, for the first time ever it, regarding a trade, agree with you, <laughs> actually. Um, so, yeah, so I, after Mike made the trade with Gary, I texted Gary and I was like, I need Scott's number. Need you to give it to me. <laughs> and I texted, I texted, I texted Scott. This exact sent message, and it was, Scott, it's the commish. Tell me what I need to do to get A.J. Brown on my team. That was the message. Interesting. And Scott's like, 
I am in meetings like most of the afternoon. I'll look at something afterwards. And Scott actually brought out like the first line. It was um, he wanted Amari Cooper, Travis Etienne in my second. And he was going to give me A.J. Brown, Zach Moss, and an eighth. And was very willing to go to a six. But I told him that legally I had to be a six-round pick for me to be able to do this trade. True. And right. It, sure. it, so he was very excited. Yeah. You know. in, in order to keep, um, I wanted to keep Travis Etienne, and so that's how we got. We added Garrett Wilson, and Derrick Henry was a running back. I gave him, and Scott's like, "Let's just like I'll give you a Texans guy. We'll make it a real blockbuster." So he got he let me pick which one I which one I wanted of Tank wow. Dell or Nico Collins. He said you get one of you them. Pick the right one. I yeah, think. I, I think so as well. Um. So that's how that sort of worked out. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I end up with the best player in the trade, but send back um, three very starable players. And so from a down the season. Two pers- now, kind of. I would still argue if the, it depends what the Browns do on offense. If they s- start to send Amari right. Cooper on the intermediate routes, they'll still get targets and he'll still get catches down the field stuff. He's just not going to have any of the home run plays anymore that he could have potentially had with Deshaun Watson. But like in, so there is that Um, from like a roster management perspective, I had eight players for six spots. So I had Henry Taylor, Samuel Evans, Cooper, Wilson, Etienne and Eckler for two running backs, two wide receivers, and two. So I had four running backs and four receivers for the six spots that you need those for guys. three and three, for three, right. three and three. So I took away two – I took away some of that depth to get a better player. And I actually like Nico Collins as a flex play. I don't ever actually need to start him if I don't want to. It, uh, Jonathan Taylor's on bye this week, and so I won't be starting him um, this week. But, like, I, have, I still have some roster flexibility. I have – one option to the two kind of on the bench to play. Like I said, I think Scott got three guys that are on a lot of teams. Um, guys you're pretty happy with starting. And I shed, I was getting kind of tired of the Derrick Henry. One week he'll have 19, one week he'll have three performances. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Garrett Wilson. Like sometimes it's like Zach Wilson can't throw the ball ever, but Garrett Wilson will still get like 10 targets. It's one of those things. Um, so I shed some of my probably hot and cold guys for a guy that I think is much more consistent, obviously, A.J. Brown. Um, but, yeah, I think both teams got better. I would um, give it like an A-minus type of thing probably for both teams. Like both teams maybe expose themselves a little bit here. Both teams got a little bit better potentially as well. Um, lost in all this, though, which hasn't been brought up yet, is that I do not own a first, second, or third round pick next year. I did not know that. I was very surprised that nobody brought that to anybody's attention yesterday. Well, you're the one who keeps the spreadsheet. I feel like people, for better or worse, keep an extra tab on what my draft will look like the following year. So I don't own. Well, usually it's because there's so many picks. I don't. I don't own a first, second, or third. I have a fourth, a fifth, and two sixths. So essentially, if you do not win the league this year, 
or I guess presumably maybe make some sort of keeper rights trade in the off season to get another third or something. You are, you're a little fucked. So I, I have Garrett Wilson as my keeper in the 10th. That's what the pick swap is from. So I kept his rights. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, if you want to slot him in as a second rounder, at least a third rounder. I call him a pro- second round pick. Yeah. Between a second and a third yeah. rounder, probably, especially if with Aaron Rodgers back. Um, like that alleviates it a little bit. But we saw, like, with Paul this year, like, when you don't have a lot of top picks, you have to literally nail every single pick in the draft. And it's very tough to do that. You can't miss one. It is essentially impossible. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. You can do it. Uh, shockingly, actually, Brian has been pretty good at this, or he's gotten good at it because he keeps trading away his picks for no material gain. Um, but he has not dropped off. So he has made the most of his, you know, he only has a second round and like a third round, like mm-hmm. missing that top pick. We have never quite seen, I guess you're right, Paul, a little bit this year, this level of just you have a desert until the third or the fourth round. It's like you can make an, argu- is... you can make an argument. Zach is currently doing it. So you didn't have a first or second round pick. So it's like, it is possible. But I, I've said for before, I think Zach has been. Zach's team is overperformed up to this point. I mean, so is yours uh, based on now that being said, you've definitely made moves to make your team better than Zach has. I think. Uh, I would probably take you right now. But both of you, when you look at the numbers, and people have brought this up uh, quite often, uh, both of you have not had a lot of points scored against you thus far in the uh, in the season. This uh, is true. And Colin has outscored both of you <laughs> at five and five. It's true. I mean, we are the fourth and fifth points for teams. So it's not like we're not like we're seventh and eighth in points for like we are No, you're not bad, but you're definitely not as good as your record displays. It's true. And we and we both um like Cooper Cup was hurt and then Stafford's been out. Like Debo went down, you know, Jonathan Taylor didn't play to start the year. So it's like we've had some injuries to deal with along the way, but hopefully this is we're we're both probably Hopefully back half teams. And hopefully well, hopefully I'm a back half team. Hopefully Zach is not a back half team. You 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 better hope because otherwise we might as well just erase everything. Well, actually, I was gonna say we might as well hand the championship to Mike and Ben. But Ben put up like eighty points this week, so I really don't know what's going on over on that side of the tracks. Um so yeah, we might just be able to hand the trophy straight to Mike because I, I gotta be honest, barring not only you guys playing up to your potential, but uh, pretty significantly surpassing it. I think it's going to be tough for anybody to actually beat Mike in these playoffs. Like well, it's going to take just a really well-timed well, see, week. Mike had Mike had that stretch in the middle where he was like the highest growing team by twenty-five points. He he's got three losses. Like he he lost well, he as does. the second highest. Like he's not unbeatable. And like we said, it whether you like it or not. The late season matchups just in the NFL in general get a lot tighter, especially when stuff's on the line. And so. Um, and then you also have the teams that are like the Chiefs are resting start or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that which is, which that is why, does start to come. Which up. is why we don't play in the final week of the regular season to avoid a championship game in which one team has four players that just are sitting out because their team's already clinched the playoff spot. Aren't playing. 
Fortunately, um, fortunately, this year the AFC particularly is so tight that it's going to go down. It's not really possible to the last yeah. week of the season, and like if not for a division, like the, the AFC North would have come down to the last week of the season. Um, but like we were talking about, only one by like having to be the number one seed. Mm-hmm. I think every team's going to have to be playing to win in Week 18. And the AFC, yes. The NFC is going to be what it's been the past several years where the Eagles and 49ers will be competing for that bye, but everything else mm-hmm. is just going to be gibberish. Um, which is kind of good because it means like the whole NFC South is still going to be playing hard for no good reason. Um, but still, uh, I didn't give... I, yeah, I think I'd give you both like a... I like this, uh, I think... Yeah, no, I think the A- minus is fair. I, I'm, I'm actually okay with that. I, I think, yeah, obviously you got A.J. Brown. That's the jewel in this. You also did get insurance on Taylor. I did. Zach Moss, which has proven I to be I have probably a guaranteed top 10 running back if one of those guys gets hurt. Like, I have the other one, so. You do. Um, and then, yeah, coming out of it with the sixth is fine. And But then, Scott, yeah, I think a second for A.J. Brown is a, a, a good switch here, plus getting Garrett Wilson, who's going to be usable. Um, and yeah, he didn't get that much worse. I mean, not that it matters. He's clearly not playing to win this year necessarily. He, he seems to be looking forward to next year, but, uh, it's good enough that he could win a game in the playoffs. Who knows? Yep. Final note on the trades and on the, that part of the league is that Scott is quickly ascending my list of like favorite people that I know because we made this trade (laughs) and he's been in the trenches with me most of the last couple days for the Browns. So I do appreciate that. Scott has uh, something that finally brought Scott out of the woodwork was me uh, slandering the Browns for, for about 48 straight hours. I've never seen so many. I also, I do want to give Scott a lot of credit. I do remember, I think it was Paul asked like what his philosophy on trading was. And Scott was like, yeah, I want to see what I have, but then like I'm game. He has, he is, he done been been good. He's done been game. (laughs) He, uh, he, uh, I really like just do, making very minimal roster moves and then in one day essentially trading away half of his team <laughs> is very fun. Uh, that's a wild card. And yeah, he's willing to do the, the six-player trades that you absolutely fucking love to engage in. Uh, so I'm not shocked that, that you would be pro him. Uh, so yeah, there you have it. Uh, Charlie, clearly not regretting his vote this past... Uh, <laughs> this past off season. Not in the slightest. All right, let's move on. That'll do it. Oh God, Chuck, we're at 57 minutes. Yeah, we got to, I've watched we got to power through this. The yeah, it's 60. Yeah. I've let this uh, dawdle for too long. All right, let's do the predictions. Um, so last week I came in at four and two, you came in at two and four. I, I stink at calling games again, by the way. So I just think of that again. Yeah, no, you've, you have fallen to absolute pieces. Um, luckily, yeah, the, one of the games, I don't even remember what the, the actual results were, but I I got lucky on a couple coin flips. The uh, I mean the 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 big one is like if I had won, it would have been another three and three week for each of us. Yes. So it's like we all, we've been. I think I've gone two and four the last weeks both times and have been, you know, on the cusp of being three and three. Well, the actual one that really was the nail biter, the the one that you came close to being three and three was Scott beating Mike at the eleventh hour. That was because yeah. you you had Mike, I had Scott, so it it did. Yeah. That's what flipped it. Uh, so it was as close to being even as we could have gotten it. Um, 
Overall, that brings me to 33 and 21, good for a 611 winning percentage. Collins still by winning percentages, still in first at 633. Um, and then Chuck, you are now sitting at, I did not add your, or no, I did. You are at 20 and 16, which is good for a, a five. Sorry, that it looked like a low number, but then I thought about it and it, it is the correct number. Because you pulled even with Colin in terms of total games picked last week. Yeah. Uh, so you're now ahead of him, but you're at 20 and 16, which is um, essentially 0.555 repeating. Uh, in terms of winning percentages. Okay, so we can rattle through and we can do a few uh, projections a here. Couple, a couple right off the top, which we don't even have to discuss. I'm taking Ben over yeah. you and myself over Alex. I am as well. Um, um, and I think I, I, would taking... pen- I would pencil Gary over Kyle in as a, as a win as well. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think even uh, slightly post-tank Gary... Um, and Kyle's put up some points, but he's not really done it consistently. So I think I'm going to give it, uh, I'm gonna I am actually, I am also going to briefly look at Kyle's matchups and confirm that I'm definitely picking Gary. That but. it is. I mean, well. you look at it and it's like, okay, this should be close, but it is, it's Gus Edwards, you know, it's AJ Dillon. It's, yeah. uh. You know, it's Pickens against the Browns, which, I mean, he had a good game last time, I think, but... He, he had a yeah, good he had game a very good he ripped game. off that 70-yard touchdown. It was yeah, one play. it was play. one good play, yeah. He had one good yeah, play. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, I, I'm um, fine with Gary. I'm, I'm going to stick Gary over Kyle for me. Yeah, because... Oh, Paul, Paul over Colin, too. That's an easy one for me. Or, sorry, Colin, Colin over Paul. Sorry. I was about to say, I was like... I, I was yeah, that, really yeah, no. seriously considering. Okay, to run back through. Sorry, to to get caught up to you for a moment. So you took you. Yeah, I'm taking you as well. I'm not. I'm not trying to be that spicy. Uh, so we both have you. Um, yeah, I don't think Gary loses two in a row. Uh, hold on, that matchup's a this lot. This is closer. A, that match, hold on, that matchup's a lot closer than I thought. Also, what the, Gary Kyle? Yeah, I gotta go to my phone. The computer the desktop version of espn is just not working it's for me failing you i only ever do it on my phone because my internet's been an advanced faster. level of bad today as well i'm shocked that i haven't uh broken up um while we've been doing we that. have been on a slight delay but no. it hasn't okay. been enough that it's really gotten in the way um, does gary have guys on uh, not really well he hasn't I'm... put burrow or he might not put burrow in i guess oh there we go it just loaded for me I'm still taking Gary. I like his matchups way more than I like Kyle's. Yeah, I mean, I think neither of them... I don't love either of their teams, so when in doubt, I'm just going to take the team that has performed better all year. So we'll take Gary. Uh, Paul and Colin, I need to look at it, but I'm presuming I'm going to take Colin. Yeah, I'm going to take Colin here. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. In addition to being the worst team, Paul has some brutal matchups. Yeah, it's not great. Cook against, yeah, Cook against the Jets, Harris against the Browns, DJ Moore against the Lions, and Devontae Smith against the Chiefs. I don't like any of those. So, yeah, okay. So, we're in lockstep so far. Hopefully, we don't remain so. Okay, so these are the two obviously important matchups. Uh, so, we have Zach versus Mike. We can look at that one first. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, we can look at it. It would be a fool's errand 
to pick against anyone. And I also want to declare this now, Chuck. After this past week and having to watch Zach dance on my grave because Russell Wilson played passably in that game, I think mm-hmm. Zach is also becoming my white whale uh, as well. Yeah. That was awful. That is simply... <laughs> I I think I sent this in the group. I would rather lose... Like, uh, the way I lost to you by, like, 60 points, I would rather do that a million times than have it come down <laughs> to the Monday night game and have Zach, like, just mocking me because of Russell Wilson. That was terrible. So, Mike. Yeah, Mike all the I way. agree. Okay. So now let's come down to uh, what I think is the maybe only truly important uh, matchup. Obviously, Paul versus Colin is important, but Colin looks like the much better team. Um, And the same can be said of Zach versus Mike. Uh, But Brian versus uh, Scott is easily, like this is, someone already said, it's a loser leaves town game. It's, uh, Mm -hmm. it's, this team is, the winner of this is probably making the playoffs and the loser probably isn't. Not necessarily. Ahead, parse, parse through it. Not necessarily. If Colin, if Colin's a playoff team, then you had you'd have Mike, Ben, me, Zach, Gary, and Colin. That'd be Mike. Ben. That's six. That's six. All right. Well, I guess that at least puts them at pace with Colin. That's it's, the issue. It, it's a loser leaves town game in that. The loser of this game is definitely out of it, I would argue. Okay, yes. That's a good point. I Handing them the playoff spot is uh, incorrect. I was counting them in, but you're right. I was counting seven teams. Um, so I think, yes, this is a... Uh, the loss is much more impactful than the win. Uh, unless Colin uh, also loses by some, you know, miracle. And then at that point, you're, you're fucking set. But... Uh, looking at it, Scott is projected to win by quite a bit, but Brian has continued to win despite having a pretty not good team this entire year. I might pick um, Scott the rest. I might pick Scott the rest of the way to win every game. He's like my new. I told you, my new favorite guy. He's my. He's my. Guy he's now. your new best friend. This is so wholesome. I hope Scott listens to all these episodes so that he can appreciate uh, the praise that you're heaping on him. Um. God, I can't. But yeah, for a multitude of factors, I'm picking Scott in this game. I, my favorite thing in the world besides the Browns winning and me winning is picking losing. against is Brian losing. So, um, yeah, I think Scott's team fair. is substantially better. Scott's team is definitely better. All right, so what I'm going to do here, so I agree with you. I just I I can't pick Brian. Um, so what I'm going to do is the one that I was actually considering doing. I'm going to pick Kyle. Instead of Gary. Okay. That's the one that I was actually closest to flipping on. The rest of them, I was just trying to talk myself into it to not agree on every pick. So essentially, we're projecting a lot of fucking chalk this week, folks. Um, I will say, especially after Ben's clunker last week, I think I have a shot in this one. But not nearly enough of one that I can actually, in good conscience, pick myself. We also ran into the rare exception of um, the Mike Zach game, where a lot of the proverbial good teams or teams that made trades that get better are playing the teams that sold or 
just the objectively bad mm-hmm. teams. I think we just ran into a week like that. Um, so I'm not surprised we have five. We basically have six of the same picks. We had we finished do. on five of the six, but I just think it's it may, hopefully now off the time to college football when this happens. These are the most exciting weeks of the entire season. So we we shall see. That is true. Um, it, I mean, we've been wrong before. Clearly, that again, we're all hovering around sixty uh, percent of the time. We're right on these, so it's yeah, not like I've, I've been wrong. It's not exactly, like we're going to be corrected. About I've this. been wrong exactly sixteen times this year. So that's true. I have twenty one. Uh, so to, to recap, we have all we both picked uh, Ben, Chuck, Colin, Mike, and Scott, and then I took Kyle and Chuck took Gary. Um, okay, well with that, Chuck read an hour seven, which is pretty goddamn good for us. So, uh, do you have any last thoughts? No, I just have to. I have to work at five o'clock in the morning tomorrow. So it's another, just one of those. I, I just that. that that reality hit me. I just died a little bit inside. Love that. Um, you have to be at work at 5 a.m. or you have to get up at 5 a.m.? No, I have to basically walk into the hospital at 5.10. Okay, that's worse. I was going to say, I was like, yeah, I mean, I my alarm's set for 5.30, but that's like I roll out of bed and just walk over yeah. here at 5.30. Not, I, have, hospital, I don't have to the, be anywhere. The hospital is 30 minutes from my house just by distance because there is no traffic at 4.30 in the morning. At 5 in the morning, yeah, sure. So yeah. that's uh look at you finding silver linings all of a sudden. Um, I set okay. my, I set my alarm for three fifty five AM and every night a small, a small part of my soul dies. It's gotta be bigger than small at this point. <laughs> Great. Well said. Uh, all right. Well, we'll let Charlie go and hate his life, um, in silence like he prefers. um, be sure to check back here next week where presumably uh, Charlie will have uh, a little bit more zest than, than we've seen so far today. If we beat the Steelers and DTR just looks competent, I'll be all the way back. But right now I'm literally dead inside. Oh, if he looks competent, then I will have to eat some words about, well, some words about Andrew Barry. But uh, we'll see if that happens. Uh, but until you hear from us again... I say they'll they'll also have brought in a quarterback by then, so I'll know if I've shot myself yet or not. So, <laughs> right, if it's whatever his name is, instead of whatever, Calamont. Oh, um, sorry, that just reminded me of when they asked. Uh, I think it was Zimmer. They were like, "Why not play Calamont?" He was like, "I've seen enough out of Calamont." <laughs> yeah. All right, whatever. You'll hear back from us next week, but until then, peace. All of times have come Here but now they're gone Seasons don't feel the reaper Nor do the wind, the sun